Hello, everybody. Welcome to Documentation Not Included. I am Josie Howard. I don't have the script in front of me because we've basically decided to wing it today or sing it. Although, let's avoid singing a little bit, just a little bit. Um, I am joined today, like always, with my host with the mostest, Chris. I don't have adjectives for you today. Could you? You're just not prepared, are you? You've been looking at polar bear porn. I'm pretty well, not polar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's backtrack so. that a little bit. <laughs> wow. Not polar bear porn. Data porn. Map porn. There was porn in Big the URL difference. you sent me. Not porn at the end of the URL. I mean, within the no. uh, within the text of the URI. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, so, hello to everybody in Twitch chat. It is uh, it is Monday night. We are we are a go, and we're gonna we're gonna. As Josie just said, we're just gonna completely wing it today because we've uh, we we've both been very very busy. Um, I'm. Let's yeah. should we should we just start? We're talking about why yes. we're busy, if we can, of course. Oh yeah, I have uh, two major projects that are going on with clients that involve full migrations. Um, one of them is a complete migration from one tool suite to another. And one of them is a migration from one design to another. So they're sort of the same kind of concept, but different tools, different yeah. hardware, different software, uh, different applications and everything that goes with it. And uh, they're short term but big. So it basically gets to eat up all of my time and I love it. And I hate it at the same time because migrations don't always work well, which actually started this whole conversation, which led to the conversation of map and data porn of polar, about bear polar bear bears. Yes. <laughs> not, not polar bear <laughs> porn. Chris. So I, you I don't can... have to put explicit on this now when <laughs> we put what? it up. Just because we've said the word porn doesn't mean we have to put explicit on it, surely. That isn't how it works. Well, considering it? the fact that this is also a singing episode, Chris, oh. the internet is for porn. The internet <laughs> is for porn. That's what's Avenue that from? Q. That, that ring that rings bells, and it's I should know. Why, why do I know that? It's Avenue Q. It's actually a musical. It's a musical right. where the they're puppets and humans on the stage. Um, but yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um. I can totally sympathise with the migration worries you're having because I, I, when I do them, um, a lot of my work these days is migrations, but usually migration from old technology or old frameworks or old, uh, and I've talked about it loads on this podcast already be before, but like older things into brand new cutting edge stuff. Um, sometimes I migrate graphics like you're doing, you know, from one design to another. Sometimes I migrate and we add we add features, but it's always unknown and the main migrations that i tend to get work, um, involved in these days are things like i did a humongous svn to git migration a few years ago and that yes, took like nine months to do um and i've just for the same client i've just completed what did they migrate i can't remember what it was now but it was something very recent i probably mentioned it in the last one or two episodes and now today i've started to look at migrating from um something called identity server which you might have heard of before, Identity Server 4, which is like a single sign-on um, kind of middleware that sits between your best book application and your authentication provider, like, I don't know, Google or, I don't know, it could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. But ID4 mm -hmm. kind of abstracts all of that, but it's extremely complicated. But the client's moving from that into Azure single sign-on, which is actually really simple and really easy to use in comparison, but I have to obviously migrate that and integrate it into their stuff. So I'm looking at that at the moment. So most of my well, work you, is the, migration of some sort. Yeah, well, the, the one of the biggest uh, issues with any kind of migration like that ends up being the ACLs. And for those who don't know what that is, that's your access control lists because hmm. you, you hmm. never want to give too many permissions, but you always never want to give not enough in that balance. And if you're going from one tool to another or something... Uh, it's quite, it's a whole can of worms. I'm quite lucky that the permissions that I'm dealing with for this particular one, anyway, um, all of the RBACs, which are the role-based access controls, all the RBACs are handled by the application itself, and all I have to do is essentially provide authorization for the front end. I just need to say, <laughs> this, this user is signed into this Azure Active Directory, and therefore they can access the application, and it's up to the application to say what access they get and everything else, so I don't have to luckily worry about that. 
Although I am integrating with the application, so there might be some tweaks I have to make there, but not, nothing too big. But, yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm busy because um, I've... I had an absolutely mental day today. I've got so many things going on at the moment. We've got this whole neighbour dispute that I'm I'm dealing with and, you know, speaking to lawyers mm-hmm. about and, and various different other parties as well and trying to figure out the best way to approach that. And that's kind of all-consuming at the moment, in my mind at least. I'm trying to get my work done at the same time, you know. Uh, obviously, I've got work to do as well, but because of the migration that I did last week, which I'm, it's on the tip of my tongue what I did, and I can't remember what it was now. Um <laughs> I even, We're decompressing, Chris. Be, be, the, the platy jubes got us. It's the platy we, had a, we had a four-day weekend, and you know it's all it's all mental in, in England at the moment. Everyone just goes. You crazy had a four-day weekend. I have well, clients all over the world. There is no such thing as a four-day weekend when we get those. Yeah, I said I, I worked it. I actually worked Thursday and Friday anyway because I normally do, but I didn't work. Mm-hmm. I say on on bank holidays I don't work as hard because I, I do relax a little bit but i always make sure i do you know make the time up anyway um so the migration that i did last week that was it i just remembered that was it it was a legacy code based migration so we've actually got um a repository that had two branches and they were completely going in different directions same software but the, the way the software is designed not my choice by the way this uh, the way the software designed is that one branch is going in kind of a new direction which is the, one of the migrations that i was in charge of mm-hmm. and the other branch um was going was was legacy it was old code base that had very similar concepts but a completely different set of tools and, and frameworks and um, so what we've done is split them completely so my migration work was to split the two git repos transfer all the pipelines and all the tags and everything else that i need to do into the different Ooh. repositories so it wasn't actually too hard because i did it over the course of two weeks and i did it in stages and i didn't really affect anyone right. so then luckily that that bank holiday weekend came and i went right i can flick the switch as long as everyone's checked everything in it's all good you know um yes so at the same time as me dealing with issues because people have come back from the four-day weekend a lot of people had all last week off as well because they thought they'd take advantage of you know, the four-day weekend. Having a four-day weekend, yeah. So everyone comes back after I've done this migration, and there's I put I put a few scripts in place to manage servers as well, and one of those scripts failed, so that all the build agents went down. I was doing DevOps work. Oh, no. so all, all the build agents went down. At the same time as the uh, concrete delivery for my greenhouse base uh, <laughs> ramped up uh, this front of my house, plus my neighbour came over to talk to me about something to do with the neighbourhood, um and uh and I got a phone call from the council planning department about a rejected planning application that I needed to handle because they didn't give me the right form or some rubbish. So I've been trying to chase that bloody form all day. So you can imagine all that happening like literally within a few minutes of each other. <laughs> and then I, I've just been unraveling all day from that and I've not really stopped, you know. <laughs> you know, we only have so much bandwidth. Yeah. Like, well, let's be real. We can only do so much, but it, it's it's one of those things. We have always talked about how for us, um, you know, it can be one of those when it's quiet, it's really, really quiet. And then when the project work comes in, it's nonstop project work kind mm. of a deal. It is it is not the necessarily the feast famine thing so much as the it's a very pretty day. It's torrential downpour. Like <laughs> that, that's, that tends to be the way it works. But my there is, gosh. There is a small chance that if it starts raining that I will have to dash off and cover my concrete in tarpaulin. So if that happens, I apologize to everybody, but <laughs> it is what it is, you know. I'm hoping it doesn't because it's not forecast today. And, yeah. It's not looking very good, though, outside. So oh, have you, my is, God. It, is it just project work then that's taking your time up at the moment or have you got other things going on? Well, no, it's also the fact that we're packing up the house and putting it into storage. Obviously, yeah. that's that's a big part of it. Um, and, of course, the other side of it is trying to make certain that I still find um, time to relax, which is actually really, really hard when you have things like needing to pack or uh, you have a project that just needs to get done. And you're like, well, I need to put this extra hour in. I need to do this other thing. Um yeah, as my husband points out in chat, you know, your grocery delivery is due between three and four. Someone books a meeting for the same time. 
Yeah. Uh, it's there, <laughs> there were two it's, other it's things happening or supposed to be happening at the same time as well, which I thought I would be able to handle, but I just, I just couldn't. I just cancelled them immediately. When I'm really sorry, this doesn't happen very often. But when the concrete arrives, the- you have to get on it immediately, otherwise it's all ruined. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, no, that's got sort of a time limit to it. Very strong time limit. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think for me, the hard thing is getting the brain to re-kick in after being so abruptly interrupted. Yeah. I, I have been experiencing that quite a bit recently. I, I'm usually very, very disciplined. I'm usually mm. very focused on what I do, but I've got a few, because I've got a few things going on, you know, like the 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 building work and, and things and the, the neighbor dispute <clears throat> my brain isn't as focused as it normally would be i'm still getting tons done i'm doing way more than i mm. promised to deliver with my clients but i'm i feel i'm feel like i'm letting myself down because normally i massively over deliver but at the moment and this is this is like a humble brag isn't it <laughs> normally I, I i over deliver quite a lot because i overestimate everything because sometimes it goes drastically mm. wrong and you need that estimate and it's better to and that's why my clients like me i think because they i i tend to is it is it lying is it lying telling your clients that it's going to take two weeks when you think it's only going to take a day and then it taking a day, maybe two. No, no, no. I'll tell you why. Because it's um, managed expectations. Now, it's lying if you charge them for time that you don't do. I mean, that yes. that right there is common sense. But, you know, I stipulate that I overestimate my time when I stress what I'm doing for a project. I say, you know, this, I believe, will take me eight hours of work. Um, that's my estimate when in reality, if everything goes smoothly, it might take me an hour and a half to two hours to do, Mm. but I have had enough experience in my life to know that if something goes catastrophically wrong, I need an hour for recovery and then to go back and walk through figuring out either can I push through with whatever that particular project is or is there now a roadblock that I was unaware of because maybe the client wasn't even aware that existed like you do as much due diligence as you can but that extra buffer one it gives them an idea so that they don't turn around and go you you told me this will be done in an hour but the other side of it is you've planned for the recovery part of it I mean every change that you have should have some kind of rollback feature to it. It it makes a difference what you're doing. So I don't think it's lying. I think it's uh, showing experience. It's the people who turn around and go, yo, I can build you a full e-commerce site in two days. And I'm looking at them going, are you insane? Mm. E-commerce site in two days. Are you even considering PII? Are you even considering PCI DSS? Are you even looking at security? How are you planning on, like, what are you doing here? And they're like, we'll do it for like 200. I'm sitting there going, Mm. I I have actually, it's it's not such a big deal anymore in the industry that I'm in. I think because people are starting to realize what it actually takes to secure a site. Because if you're doing e-commerce, there is a lot more to it than just, you know, writing a blog post and publishing it. You are dealing with a lot of secure information. And man, if that stuff gets leaked, that comes back to you. You are actually responsible for that stuff insurance-wise. But, you know. I remember <sighs> back in my day when when e-commerce websites didn't, didn't get, they weren't off the shelf. We had to write them ourselves and we had to deal with all of the paypals and and other things that people paid with and credit cards what are they they were never around it used to be cash on the internet no, you know, no, was it, it's, it's was it bought coin or something we're on now <laughs> okay so <laughs> funnily enough right the back uh back when i used to live in the united states this is before i moved over here officially one of the things that always fascinated me whenever my husband came over to visit was his mobile phone because the united states was always behind in getting the latest models of phones mm-hmm. so when my husband came over it was like oh your mobile phone has a color display and you can play snake on it what we don't have things like that in this country. It was it was really the sort of um, technological disparity that was going on, right? So, so was that when, when you came over here or when he came to see you? That's when he came to visit me before right. I moved over. So this is like uh, early 2000s 
kind of a time. That's when the technology, there was a disperse uh, mm, disparity the, the between definitely. the two sides. Nowadays, that disparity doesn't exist. However, back when, you know, Dan was running around going, oh, I'm just going to use chip and pen on something, you know, in the States, it was still, we need to write a check. Use the, the PDQ machine. Needs to have, yeah, yeah, just wipe the checks. And oh my God, it was, the, the technological disparity was absolutely crazy to me. And I always thought moving into the iCAN, I'm like, look at us. We're all big, bad, and awesome. We've got this really cool tech. And nowadays, everybody has it because the speed at which we can do things now is a lot better. Although, if we have more migration problems with big shipping tanks, you never know. <laughs> Was that a bad joke that I missed? Was that a bad, another bad joke? It's not so much a bad joke, so much as an awareness of the fact that COVID had a problem or caused problems with uh, the trans uh, transportation of goods across the sea, because okay. you know you had massive tankers that actually do a lot of transport. There was that ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Okay, yeah, yeah. That ended up happening as well, and it, it's it was more just a, a. We rely so much on the uh, industry pipelines. And most people don't know what it takes to get that latest gadget or that latest device or something else like that. But of course, uh, it's not such a big deal as it once was. But there's a reason why graphics cards are stupidly expensive right now. And it ain't Bitcoin. And it's not computer gaming either. No, it's not. Well, um, that just reminded me, another thing that I'm dealing with at the moment is... My mobile phone, I've got an S21, um, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think, is that the latest or is the 22 out now? Anyway. I don't know, I use pixels. So I, I got an S21 and um, the camera on it broke in my pocket just randomly and, and apparently it's a very well-known problem or at least it was with the 20, the 20. So I sent it back to Samsung because it's still in warranty. They sent a, a DPD driver here, put it in a little case Took, took, took it away. They didn't want my box or anything like that. But they said on the phone when I booked it in, bearing in mind that this is a camera replacement, that they would wipe the phone and you'd have to leave it unlocked. And I did neither. I've, I'm sorry, I, I, put, I put a little note in it, a little post-it note saying, please do not wipe this phone because it'll take me hours to set it back up. And all my authentication... I didn't write all this, but this is the reason for it. All, you know, all my authentication stuff's on here and loads of other things. I've backed up what I can, but it's just going to be a nightmare. And they don't need to. They're just replacing a lens that's on the front of the camera. You know, all it is is a bit of tw it's some tweezers and, and a, a bit of glass. Anyway, so I'm hoping it comes back soon. I'm hoping it's even in warranty. And uh, I haven't, that's another thing I'm dealing with as well at the moment, trying to chase that and figure out where that is in the system. See, now I have to ask for your authentication methods, do you use Authy? I use Authy for about two or three accounts. More, I know you're not going to like this, but I, I mostly use Google Authenticator just because it's the first one I downloaded. Authy? can be used in replacement of Google Authenticator. And the beautiful part about it is Authy can transfer between devices as long as you know your account so you can get rid of all your Google Authentication stuff and literally use Authy to replace it. Just saying. That's that's a pro bonus tip for you awesome people out there who are looking for two-factor authentication methods. Authy is king. I, I may very well <laughs> switch to it because I've, I've got... Um, I've got probably about six different ones on my phone. The reason being that for my personal accounts, generally I use Google or Authy, depending on if I can use Google or not. Um, and then for God, the other ones are all for clients. Every single every single provider, you know, the, some of them don't Duo. let me use. Yeah, yeah, du, um, yeah, is it called Duo? There's quite it's a few of them Duo. anyway. Mm -hmm. And then Microsoft have got their own version as well. And I've been locked out of one of my accounts today, and that's been trying to get in. Considering I'm doing single sign-on stuff as well, um, and I have to sign in and authorize with a two-factor authentication in order to do my bloody work at the moment, because I don't normally need to do that. Uh, it's like it's a it's a bit of a bit of a challenge, let's say as well. Oh. I that's see that to me is one of the reasons why I uh, use uh, Authy at every single place that I possibly can, where I am forced to use something else. 
it breaks my heart in two. And that tends to actually be in the gaming world when people are like, yo, we're going to do our own proprietary tokens and things. Steam and I'm Link like, or Battle.net. Oh, yeah. However, I have to tell you, mad props to Final Fantasy fourteen because they use tokens. You know, you had to, you know, uh, download their specific app to get the two-factor authentication token, et cetera. But they opened it up to other authenticators. So now I'm on Authy. So I'm like, it doesn't matter if my phone dies, you know, it doesn't matter if any of that. But at the same time, using that with like a password manager allows me to at least keep the backup codes as mm. well. And, you know, that's that's another one of I'm those still, things where... I'm still not sold on online password managers, you know, like LastPass. I still, I'm still offline with my password management. KeyPass is a fabulous one to use for offline password management. I, however, have completely and utterly fallen in love with Bitwarden. So Bitwarden is Bitwarden is an online password manager. However, you can literally see their code. They're 100% open source. You can have them host it, or there is, I think, a possibility for you to host your own instance as well. Um, and they are amazing and cross device and syncing and everything. And I, I use the Enterprise Edition for. Um, you know, for the company, et cetera. But they recently let, uh, there was a little promotion where they're like, well, all of your enterprise users can actually invite their family and they can be put onto a separate plan at no extra cost. And I'm like, does this mean I can actually like browbeat the rest of my family into actually using to <laughs> this password manager? And the truth is, yes, I could if I wanted to, but I, I prefer password managers that I can sync across devices now simply because I, I don't function in just a silo anymore i admit that it, it is annoying i can use the way that i use key passes i generally have my database on a you know on a cloud service so i'm online anyway mm -hmm. but then i have a key that i copy onto all of the devices uh, that i i need it to use it on um so basically the yeah so the 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 actual database isn't available unless I'm connected to the right service and you need to be authenticated for that, etc. So there's a slight potential for a catch-22 there as well. Um, but mm -hmm. I I do... I, I don't... I've got an Android version of KeyPass, you know, I've got, and I, it's, it's not very good. You know, I'd rather not use it. I might migrate, maybe, but there's a hell of a lot of passwords to migrate. Oh... That's why they have things like import tools. Oh, yeah. I knew you were going to say that. Migration. Yeah. <laughs> right back on topic. Migration. Who knew? So what, what's, uh, um, what's challenging then about your migration at the moment? Uh, which one? Well, let's start with the, the simple one, the design to design one, or the migrating okay. designs. Um. I I work with quite a few charities and charities don't have a lot of time. They really don't. Um, and they have a direction and a place they want to go, but they don't have the time to sit there and review all the copy. They don't have the time to um, make certain that uh, every single word is absolutely everything that it needs to be, or that the site has all of the information that they want to have. Now they have a design, we have the design, and it's a matter of, well, now we actually need to migrate the content to it. But a lot of it right now is me going, we have a um, sitemap change to limit clicks, because a big part of one of the things that I'm doing with this charity, uh, a lot of their clients need to be able to one-click get access to everything that is available because they could be life-threatening circumstances regarding some of the some of the work that they do. So mm -hmm. I, I'm sitting there going, we have this map change, but I have a boatload of data and copy from what they currently use that I can just transfer over and I can use it and everything will be perfectly fine. However, the transferring of this copy from one to the other isn't as simple as I was expecting it to be. 
I mean, they're both basically kind of WordPress sites, so you would expect to be able to do a simple export of content. No, because the one of, and this is, I wish I could get more people to kind of start going more the headless route with WordPress, but it's very difficult to convince clients to go headless because they don't want to rely on someone to handle the front end all the time. Um, and they want to be able to occasionally go in and do things themselves or, or, or like WordPress is very accessible to uh, non-tech people. It really is. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, being able to um, have that kind of quick, easy, I can log in, do the things I need and then log out kind of a thing is great. But because of the fact that I am trying to, migrate in such a way that also involves external databases, bring the data over without the excess metadata because WordPress is notorious for keeping data that is not required. And while you can do just your typical SQL import exports, there's still a bunch of information that needs to be kept metadata wise, but not all of it. And some of it actually needs to kind of be um, changed like the GUIDs. Uh, some of that needs to be updated or shifted. Like there's this whole thing. And I have found myself sitting there going, I'm wondering if the easiest thing for me to do right now is to just bloody control copy, control paste. Cause it's, and, and that's not a problem. I don't mind doing it, but it's excessively time consuming. It's one of the reasons why we have migration tools, you know, being I'm able to do an SQL problem. dump. And, and oh my God, yes. Holy cow, yes. And and because of how stupid WYSIWYG editors tend to be, excess code has to be checked for every single time you copy pasta. And then you have to make certain that the metadata that you need hasn't changed. And it's just, it's, I'm tired. I am mm. mentally drained. I really wish I could just click button go, but I can't. I have to scour. So that's it's one the of problem those problems a lot of the time with with oh. any kind of work, any kind of work in our domain. I mean, I've even noticed this in the DIY domain that I'm I'm getting more involved with. If you leave something and you aren't you don't give it the attention to detail it deserves for whatever reason or you do something in the wrong order, you're creating twice the amount of work for yourself. And it's the same in that kind of thing. I have the same problem when I'm, for whatever reason, might be copying text, but I might be copying it from a rich editor into a into a non-rich editor or the other way around. And they never format very well. Never, and you always have to remove <laughs> extra characters and white space and put, put, put in the bloody... God, have you ever... Have you ever tried to write a long post on Reddit and go back and edit it? Or even... No? Just, no. No, no, no. this is me saying I will never, ever do that again. No, I will write what I need to say in a freaking note. Notepad++ plus plus or VS Code or Atom. I will do it in that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm, I started doing that. I started writing plain text... Um, plain text... Yes. responses or, or posts in, in Notepad. And then as soon as I post it on uh, on Reddit, for some reason, and I've I've control refreshed, I've I've tried different browsers, I don't know what, what it does. It posts it pastes the content and then it pastes the same content underneath it. But it do, that content doesn't exist. But you can edit it and change it, but it doesn't add any paragraphs into it. And when you submit it it submits the old content that was the wrong format with all the wrong spelling. So anything, it just, I don't understand why such a big website like that has got such a, re, a bad WYSIWYG editor. I, it's awful. Well, are you using the new version or are you using the old version? I'm using reddit.com. <laughs> okay, so you're probably using the new version. Uh, go back to old.reddit.com instead of www.reddit.com. It's the right. old um, theming and data structure and use the Reddit enhancement suite. Well, I was thinking of... Um, I don't use Reddit enough to, to warrant that, but I was thinking mm -hmm. of um, just using the code editor because there's a an option to just have code and actually that code. works yep. perfectly for what I need it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Freedom says, I hate Reddit for that input form is so broken. Even on a simple edit, suddenly all formatting and live breaks are gone. Thanks. 
I'm glad it's not just me or my browser. I thought it was Firefox, so I changed to Chrome to see if it worked. I changed to IE, well, not IE, um, Edge, whatever they call it, just to see, you know, and log into all of them. And oh, God. Yeah, I'm not. Old I'm not a massive Reddit. fan of Reddit. is your friend. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been one of them platforms that I've avoided, apart from occasionally reading a funny post like on "I am the arsehole" or something like that. Am I the arsehole? Sorry, that's that's quite funny. But I've actually quite I've got a little bit addicted to the legal UK stuff now because I made a post on there and I got some good <laughs> advice. And I'm a little bit like, oh god, I like this. I like, this is, my inner solicitor is uh, is getting all excited. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see, I, 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 God, I use Reddit for quite a while now, and um, I post very occasionally, uh, particular in security areas and things like that. Um, but my Reddit homepage is pretty much things like uh, data's beautiful, map porn, slash awe, um, animals being bros, and um, some of the games that I'm interested in, because, uh, for example, I'm currently obsessed with playing Path of Exile. So, you know, I'm looking at the stuff that's happening there. However, there are a couple of games that I'm really interested in, like Valheim, that have, you know, occasional posts that hit my front Valheim page. Valheim is unique front excellent, page. by the way, if you haven't played it. Oh, I love Valheim. I've, I've lost too many hours in Valheim. I need okay, to lose more. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I, I've got um, a couple hundred hours in it. I, I, I'm, I'm good. I played it for a while. I played it the, I played the main, the main mm-hmm. vanilla game for for a while. I got quite far, did the first couple of bosses, and then I just thought, I haven't really got much time to put more into this right now, so I just enabled the cheats, and I just tried to complete it as quickly as I could. I just flew around the world and tried, you know, tried to see all of the content, because it was in, it was in what you was call it. Was it pre-Hearth and Home? Oh, it's still in Early Access. It might have just been after Half and Home, actually. I think that had just come out when I when I started. They've playing. just added a whole new biome. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah, there was also there was like the there was a um, forest biome with loads of spiders' webs that was completely unpopulated and uh, pretty empty. And I'm not sure if they've well, added. They've that done since. some stuff with the uh, mountains now as well, and some icy yeah. things, and it it. It's it's being updated, but basically, my Reddit it used to be where I got my news. Right, it used mm-hmm. to be where I would go. Okay, so here's what's happening quickly in the world, and then I went. You know what? Fuck that. Dogs, cats, capybaras, and you know some games that I'm interested. Let that be my feed. When I want news, I actually go to the OS Int community and I follow along with the different threads that they've got going in there because they're the ones who are basically there's someone will report something and someone in the OSN community will go, that's a load of hogwash. Here is why this is what the correct news should be. And news outlets actually follow the OSN community. So mm. they actually get sort of updated news and info and they have at least uh, a couple of the ones that I'm in uh, right now, they're follow. They have everything set aside. So you have like uh, Europe, sections you have north american sections you have health sections you have space sections so every time there's a new satellite going up or some launch is happening somewhere you're like immediately informed if you want to know about it there's one about trains there's geocaching uh there's a whole massive community and you know they have uh auto translation come in because of course globally it's very difficult to uh read every single language to get the honest to goodness latest news. But like when all the stuff started happening in Europe with Russia, that was where my eyes were glued, not Reddit, not the news networks, because they, the OSN community is exceptional at being able to go, okay, this is what is being reported. Here is what's actually happening. Here is what we're gathering. And we can actually pin it in the map based on this. We can see what the distance is for this. We know whether or not this is actually going to have an impact. And if people start to get really excitable about some news, they're like, you need to now stop and go to the health channel. And they actually put people there. And well, you kind of just are told to go there and you can get muted out of a chat if you get too excitable because you're speculating instead of assisting. So there, it teaches people to like look logically at stuff. And it also helps to kind of pe- have people learn logic and how to rule out um, 
flash news because uh, there's a couple of people who um, give a lot of really good information about stuff that's actually happening on the ground in Ukraine. Hmm. However, it'll actually say, well, they do tend to be right about the reports. There tends to be almost a level of dramatization to how they put their tweets out. So please bear that in mind when you actually look at this. It's uh, the OSN community is something I think a lot of people should get involved in because it will teach you how to be critical about what just flashes up on your screen. Is it? But anyway, something different. No, it's Project Al. Project Al. Mm -hmm. I'll uh, I'll have a look at that. Sounds interesting. They have a Discord. They're absolutely fantastic individuals. <laughs> Project Owl. Um, owl. They have a Discord. Owl. Was, yes. Owl is in the bird. That domain name to sell. Just send me the link. <laughs> I could be here forever <laughs> trying to find it. It sounds. It sounds like yeah, something no that worries. I quite be interested in. in I, when I when I get interested in a news story, I like to look at lots of different sources and not just read the you know the uh, limited a limited set of newspapers that I'm absolutely you know, and I'm I think in. that one of the things that I I personally love about um, the OSN community is the fact that you do have um, a way to ask questions, a way to learn how to get involved a way to actually pay attention to what's going on. But my news source is not the news anymore. My news source is the OSN community because there is nothing more terrifying than headlines in today's day and age. Oh, and yeah. it's much, much, much better for me to look at something and read, well, this got posted. This is actually the news of what's going on. However, there is more to this. And you can sit there, and if you want to be one of the speculators, there are places to speculate. Um, you know, there's a place to get into massive discussions about um, preparations for things like nuclear wars and how do you build a bunker and do you need to have iodine pills around you? What is the reality of, you know, prep work? And there's an entire community devoted to survival in the case of devastation whether global pandemic or nuclear it's great and you can get involved you can learn so much like you can learn about um geotracking and which just takes us right back to migration <laughs> so yeah uh, in this particular case um uh, Tultepe, we were talking about migrations to start in, in particular polar bear porn map porn for polar bears to quote what is actually a discussion and we've discussed other things, but now we're into OSINT. <laughs> but yes, Project Al is amazing. Yeah. But I don't trust Reddit for news. I think we should have a break because you've been lagged for about half an hour, but I haven't been able to get a word in. So <laughs> I'll, uh, we let, let's just go back our BRB. We'll be back in a second, guys. Hi, we're back. Hopefully, I, hopefully I'm not lagged this time. Hopefully not. Uh, well, now I've lost track of what we were talking about. We went back onto migration. OSN news, Reddit, your obsession with uh, legal UK. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I think um, Reddit's, Reddit's um, it's a good source of entertainment. I think um, I, I could use it more, but there's also... And I, you know what I really like about Reddit? I like the moderation. I like the fact that if people go off topic, they get, they get their... Uh, post deleted, they get banned. You know, depending on which subreddit you're in. But on Legal UK, yeah. for example, I had a few people who responded to one of my posts. Who only a few, like out of probably about fifty or sixty people who got involved in the post, there was probably two or three that posted something that was opinion based rather than legal advice, if you know what I mean, or, or you know, mm -hmm. practical advice rather. Um, and both of the people got the post deleted. One of them sent me a message. And told me I was an asshole, um, <laughs> uh, and, and I just reported him immediately. And I was like, "I'm not even responding to that because you know it even says on the subreddit no PMs at all." Um, but yeah, other than that, I like the fact that it's curated to an extent. I know it's not; it's still opinion a lot of the time. I'm not going on there seeking legal advice for God's sake. You know, you, you speak to a solicitor about that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm. Uh, it's still, I don't know, it's just fascinating to see what other problems people have. And it gives you, it's a little bit of catharsis as well. It's a little bit of um, 
it's a little bit i i get to see the other side of the fence you know other people's problems and some pretty harsh ones on there to be honest it's uh fascinating i i i I tend to find that um reddit is a place where you can find some absolutely genuinely brilliant and awesome individuals but it is also where you can find the greatest strategies of society yeah and the problem tends to be subreddits can be echo chambers of doom oh yes and that is, I think, one of the more challenging sites. But I'm telling you, avoid www.reddit and use old.reddit. That'll make your life easier. I'm presuming everything is the same apart from, oh, yeah, this is, I remember what. Yeah, it doesn't look <laughs> quite as nice, does it? <laughs> Which is why I say use the Reddit Enhancement Suite. Well, what I do like so the Reddit Enhancement Suite does some amazing, amazing things. Uh, for me, it's just the endless scrolling with the pictures auto enlarge so i can just sit there and scroll through pictures of cats and dogs and capybaras indeed right so i remember at the very beginning of this podcast you said you wanted to do half an hour we've slightly overrun half an hour are we going to close it up yeah or do you want to continue Unless, unless the 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 audience has any questions directly for us about anything they want us to talk I am mentally brain dead today. I have, I destroyed myself last week. I worked a little too late one day and I'm still feeling the repercussions of it. And um, then of course, just running into a situation where things aren't going as smoothly as I want. And I basically feel like I am made out of marshmallow. Not even the really good taffy, just squidgy marshmallow where when you squidge it, it just goes and squeezes out your fingers and it gets really sticky. Freedom wants to add that capybaras are vastly overrated. I'm not sure I agree with that. It depends on what your rating scale is. I mean, am I ready no, for no. Hildebrand? No, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't matter what his what his rating scale is. Capybaras are not overrated. You cannot rate a capybara enough on any scale, whether it's the Scoville scale or the seismic scale or the capybara scale, or whatever, capybaras are at the top of any scale. Any scale you can come up with. Any scale I can come up with. I oh. challenge you to come up with a scale that they are not at the top. They could not top. Wait? Yes, Freedom from Mars has awoken something inside me. <laughs> You're sorry, but the capybaras are just... That are- Oh, you smart arsed bastard. I hope you don't mind me calling you a bastard for that. Oh, that's, I'm sorry, that is that is epic. Oh, that's the kind gosh. of thing that I would come out with. Honestly, it, it I, is. I have it an answer is. for it's everything. It's smarmy. <laughs> yes, it is. It is the perfect level of smarm. Um, but uh, Mike is asking if I'm ready for Hildebrand. Are you familiar with Hildebrand? I'm going to guess you're not. No. Oh, yeah. So in Final Fantasy XIV, there is a series of quests, which is basically you sit back and there is a main character known as Hildebrand, who is an ace detective. And you literally watch the shenanigans that unfurl. And it is it was a way for the dev team to test out gaming rig and facial expressions and the game engine and things like that and push it to its limits to see what they could do. But they actually turn it into this huge quest chain. Every expansion basically gets one and it's this long continuous thing. It can take up to like two hours and you spend most of your time sitting there just watching almost like a a little anime uh, of something uh, of this story that's going on where you occasionally just look at other characters on the screen and just go, "Eh," because it's surreal in every which way that it goes. It is epic. It's one of those Marmite things with the community as well. You either love it or you hate it. I find it to be Absolutely class. I love it. I absolutely love it. Am I ready for Hildebrand? Hell yeah. Hildebrand lands tomorrow in the patch. The next uh, episode where he's he's back in Shadowbringers. So I get to go back to Shadowbringers and experience the Hildy from that. I love Hildebrand. I absolutely love it. So much so that when my character got married in game, 
We use the Hildebrand theme music. Who did you marry? Uh, Mike. Oh, right. Okay. Mike. So you're, you're cheating on Gwent's in game? No. My husband showed up in game to the wedding. Okay. Consensual <laughs> cheating. I think. Consensual <laughs> cheating? Isn't that like polyamory or something like that? Yeah, I suppose. Or, so, or something like that. But yeah. You know, Mike, um, Mike and I got. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we started the episode with porn and polar bears, <laughs> and we're ending with polyamory. You, and you like started that. with the polar grap on, not me. Oh no, I did not start with the polar bear part. I said I just saw an amazing map of polar bears and their migration pattern. And then you sent me a Over URL with porn in it. Map porn, and in polar Reddit, map porn is. Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> I guess you're not familiar with the subreddit Earth Porn. No, I am not. But I bet that's just you of, of all of... people would love Earth Porn. Go there, Reddit.com, uh, old dot Reddit dot com. <laughs> yep. Slash r slash Earth Porn. This page is empty. Is it Earth Porn or is... no? I'm second guessing myself. Now I've got to. Oh, hang on, that's the wiki. That's the wiki. There you go. <laughs> this is just, is this just like beautiful vistas? I thought it might be like animals or plants in the shape of willies. No, they have that as well. But no, this is, these are, these are pictures that are literally just pictures that are taken of Earth. Yeah. Whether they are deserts, streams, mountains, um, it doesn't really make a difference. They are just, Pictures of Earth that make you feel good, which is why I think they call it map porn. Well, it Earth was, porn. Um, and Gwen says put up map porn as well for, for those who want to get into map porn. Okay. Shall we close down and, uh, and call it a night for today? Only after you answer Mike's latest question. What oh. about the shoe bill scale? Can capybaras top the shoe bill scale? Come on, tell me what the shoe bill scale is. Do you know what a shoe bill is? No, don't think so. It's a bird. Look up the shoe bill. They're terrifying. <laughs> Introducing Chris to animals. <laughs> oh, wow. He looks uh, smug and angry at the same time. You mean British? <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, wow, it looks like something from Bloodborne. They're they're huge. Yeah, and I've just clicked on a, one of the images and and the the subtitle to take you to the you know on Google Images. It's fourteen menacing shoebill facts. So uh, the average shoe bill is between 40 and 50 inches. They look like a dodo a little bit, don't they? They're, re they're slightly related to pelicans. Slightly. So um, in, answer to, in answer to Mike's question, yes. As I said, any scale, even Gwince's scale... <laughs> Even which is, scale. which is opposable thumbs and fine motor skills, they lose at that. Don't care. Don't care what you say. Don't care. They come at the top of that scale. Any scale, <laughs> any possible scale you can come up with, they come at the top. Oh, and now we have links to actually listen to what they sound like. And yes, they are terrifying. But they're they're crazy. They're creepy. They have these eyes that just look at you. It's like they can see through your soul. Mm. Yeah, our guinea pigs have those kind of eyes. Well, but, but guinea pigs are perfect in every way. They are. As so, you said, they're perfect for slicing in half. <laughs> <laughs> they would be. They would be. Right, come on. Let's, let's, let's close uh, up. Let's finish up. We're, yes, Come yes, on. we're at the end of our show. Thank you so much um, for uh, being here with us. As a reminder, our show from last week is now live 
on the podcasting platform of your choice. Um, at some point, uh, we haven't been able to properly nail it down. We will be doing the uh, Gwent's interviews, Chris and Josie. Uh, we'll figure out when that happens. Uh, but both Chris and I are now going to yawn in your ears because we're both fucking tired. Yeah, absolutely knackered. So thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Thanks for joining in. Hopefully we haven't ignored you too much today. But again, we don't nah. care. Not nah, really. hopefully not. <laughs> um, and uh, if, if you want to see any previous podcasts, they're on our website, www.dnistream.live. And I think last week's episode is now live as well, if you missed it and you want to listen and get involved. You're not getting involved. That just shows listen. how tired Chris is. I just said that it's available now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very Chris, distracted. Chris, go have yourself a cuppa and a hobnob. I'm extremely... If I, if I have a hobnob, I'll have to open another hobnob packet, and we've already been through three this week, and I don't want to be doing that, because if I open one, the entire packet goes. It's not worth it. It's not worth it for mm. my my rapidly expanding waistline. Anyway. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Anyway, we'll see Thanks you all next week. Us. Nay, nay. Bye. Bye-bye.